Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Addiction Treatments That Work. I'm your host, Kenneth Anderson. Tonight, it is August 8th of 2013, and tonight our guest is Sherry Allwood. She is the Executive Director of Smart Recovery. She's going to be telling us all about SMART. Before we start the show, I'm going to do a little blurb for our website and our book. Our website is hamsnetwork.org. We are a free-of-charge laylight support group for people who want to make any positive change in their drinking habits, from safer drinking to reduce drinking to quitting altogether. Our book is called How to Change Your Drinking, A Harm Reduction Guide to Alcohol. It's available from Amazon. For more information, go to hamsnetwork.org slash book. Our guest, Sherry Allwood, is with us right now. How are you doing this evening, Sherry? I am very well, and I'm, I'm grateful for you allowing me the opportunity to join you this evening. Well, I'm very happy to have you here. Tell me a little bit about Smart Recovery. What is Smart Recovery? And is that an acronym? What does it stand for? Exactly. Yes, SMART is indeed an acronym, and it stands for Self-Management and Recovery Training. And uh, the focus is on self-empowerment. So you don't have to be, quote-unquote, smart to participate in the SMART Recovery Program. Uh, But the the real concept is that self-management. And then the recovery training um, will sort of lead leads into our four-point program and the tools that people learn. Um, so the organization began in 1994, and I have had the pleasure of serving with the organization since its inception. Um, so that's 19 years as of this year. We'll be celebrating 20 years next year. Um, and we are growing immensely internationally. We have offices in the U.K. and Australia. So, I mean, I, I can happily go on for a long period of time telling you more and more about SMART. Do you have any specific questions, or shall I continue? What's best from your perspective? Well, sure. Um, let's talk historically. Uh, did you guys have any connection with rational recovery at all? We did indeed. Um, in fact, when I joined the organization 19 years ago, the there was a board with rational recovery, and they were a not-for-profit organization that provided mutual support meetings throughout the U.S. And at the time, um, a gentleman by the name of Jack Trimpey, and actually Rational Recovery still exists, So, um, but he wanted to um, turn the organization into a for-profit organization and to focus solely on addictive voice recognition techniques, I think AVRT. Oh, I should have looked that up. But anyway, so at, at that point in time, back in 1994, the, some of the board members said, no, we actually want to continue providing mutual support groups um, and, and maintain a nonprofit organization, whereas Jack wanted to start a for-profit organization, um, you know, pay for services kind of thing. So um, the, the two broke off and both continue to exist today and continue to help people just sort of in two different areas, um, SMART being the mutual support groups and RR has um, a, a program that folks can participate in as well. Okay, is SMART about abstinence? Yes, we are actually an abstinence-based organization. Um, We suggest that people come. Oftentimes people are just not quite sure if they want to make that uh, leap into abstinence. So we encourage anybody who has any, um, any even inkling that they may be having some sort of issue with an addictive behavior to feel free to come to SMART Recovery meetings. They don't have to yet be committed to abstinence, but um, we have some tools that will help people at least determine 
their motivation to abstain um, and to change and whether or not smart recovery will be a good option for them. Okay. Well, in 12-step programs, people are more familiar with, um, you know, people are generally told they have to abstain from from all drugs and alcohol except for, well, nicotine and caffeine are somehow exceptions that, that are okay. Um, how about with SMART? Say if you had a heroin problem but you were always a social drinker and you just wanted to kick the heroin, what would, that, what would uh, your reaction be to that? Uh, well, you know, we, we sort of leave that um, with the person who is coming to the organization or who is seeking help. So uh, if you frankly felt that you had an issue with heroin and, you know, your cigarettes weren't an issue for you or uh, your drinking wasn't an issue for you, then we would recommend that you focus on, on the, the behavior that is causing the greatest harm to you and the people around you and move forward with that. Now, at some point in time, you may find that, um, you know, the drinking isn't helpful either or the drinking may be, you know, causing you to have some urges in other areas, but it's entirely up to the individual. Again, it's that self-management concept as to what they choose to, um, you know, move forward with as far as abstaining from what they find to be unhelpful and unwanted behaviors. And if someone came in and said, well, I drink too much, but I want to moderate, would you refer them to another program, or what would you do? Yeah, absolutely. We would, we would recommend that, you know, there are organizations that help people to moderate their behavior, moderation management and HAMS being two of them. Um, but it's oftentimes, well, let me just say this. I think that everybody who comes to Smart Recovery or even AA or Women for Sobriety or um, Life Ring or SOS, all, all the other programs. Generally speaking, when people arrive on our shores, most people who come really sincerely wish they had an ability to moderate. Um, so whether or not that's going to be achievable for them, we don't determine that on their behalf. We don't say, oh, for heaven's sakes, you know, there's no way moderation will work for you. Um, we encourage them to, uh, you know, if they'd like to stay and, and attend several meetings of smart recovery to determine if they think abstinence might be um, a way forward for them or if they prefer to consider moderation, we do for sure recommend other organizations that they might want to consider. Okay, I like that. I think it's a good idea for people that are thinking about making a change to check out everything that's out there and see what seems to be the best fit for you. Absolutely. Um, you know, we don't believe that there is, um, you know, one way to recover. There are multiple pathways for people to recover, and that can include smart recovery, a combination of things. It can be smart and AA. Interestingly, you know, some people would think, oh, my God, those are, like, you know, opposed. But no, not, not actually. People can go to both programs and, and um, pick and choose what helps them from each and move forward. And then some people might also benefit from, counseling or, uh, you know, inpatient programs, whatever is going to work for you is what we recommend people move forward with. Okay. Um, SMART has a four-point program. What is the four-point program? We do indeed. That's sort of the basis of the, the whole thing here. So point number one is building and maintaining motivation. Um, quite honestly, unless or until you personally are motivated to change, not much is going to happen. Um, and we, every day for the last 19 years, we get calls from loved ones and others who really want to see change in their loved one. But really, I, I mean, I know, frankly, 
personally speaking, I, I quit smoking about a year and a half ago after 30 years of smoking. So until I became motivated and knew that I wanted to make this change, my husband saying, you know, you really shouldn't smoke anymore, no, no matter what anybody said. <laughs> and so I decided it was like my decision that I was motivated and I was going to figure out ways that I was going to give that up. Nothing was going to change. So point one is building and maintaining motivation. Um, point two is coping with urges because any of us who are trying to give up any sort of addictive behavior, even if you were trying to give up caffeine, trust me, you're going you're gonna to have a little bit of a, a – um, physical change in, in being and, and you're going to have some urges. So you need to find some techniques and tools that are going to help you cope with those urges. Um, and then point three is managing your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors because it's really critical to, as you're, you're uh, changing and giving up that addictive behavior, to really understand and listen to what's coming into your head as far as thoughts and what your feelings are and your behaviors and to alter those as need be to then get to point four, which is living a balanced life. Um, and we, we really, one of the things that distinguishes us a little bit from AA is that you aren't required to go to Smart Recovery for a lifetime. We try to help give you the tools um, to get yourself from a, a state where you're uh, you know, recognizing that things are not healthy and well for you to a point where you are feeling that you are recovered, that you've regained a really healthy and balanced life, and then you're able to move on. Now, we do encourage people to stay on and um, help others by being a facilitator or one of our online helpers or so forth, but, but you, don't, you don't come to Smart Recovery for a lifetime. You basically are, um, we encourage you to learn the tools, um, self-manage yourself, and, and then get moving forward in life. Do you find there's a typical uh, or an average period of time that uh, people stick around? Well, no. Actually, that, that varies greatly. Much like we say there are you know, many pathways to recovery, the, the amount of time that people stick with the organization varies tremendously. Um, you know, anywhere from you know, three months and getting it and saying, okay, I, I now have determined this, I've got control over what used to have control over me and moving forward, to people who have been around for, um, there are volunteers that I work with who have been around as long as I have, 19 years, and others like online. We have a lot of folks who have been doing this for five years. I mean, they, they feel confident in their own recovery, but they're staying to, to give back. So I would say on average, people will come and utilize the program probably between like six months and two years to get to a point where they feel comfortable to move on. We don't tell them when it's time for them to move on. It's, it's entirely, again, self-management and people determining what's going to be um, good for them moving forward. Yeah, I've seen similar time periods. Uh, like most people seem to need to stick around uh, a year or two in my, in my experience in our group. Although I think there's some, some treatment studies that kind of suggest at least a minimum of three months exposure is kind of required to really get the change going. You know, I don't think you can pick this up in 28 days. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what? But again, I mean, I would not, um, I don't want to say that there is a limit, and, and I'm not a research expert, or as you say, mm -hmm. there may be studies that state, you know, 30 days would be a minimum or whatever. Um, I know, and there are people, there are 
this this thing called natural recovery that doesn't require any sort of treatment or any sort of mutual support whereby some morning somebody wakes up and says, oh, my God, I've just simply had enough of this, and they cease the behavior, and mm-hmm. they are successful doing so. Um, I mean, those people didn't do 30 days of anything. Um, so so that, that happens as well. But so in SMART, we just really do allow people to determine uh, you know what's what's best for them, and then to move forward and or move on when it seems um, right to them. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. And I assume people can come and go as they like. They can, you know, put their toe in the water and then go away for a couple months and say, well, maybe I want to check that out again. And then, absolutely, yep. Always welcome back. And, and, you know, if some crisis happens in your life, even some, you know, two, four years down the road where you're suddenly um, feeling like, boy, I could use a little shoring up, you're always welcome back to our online community or our face-to-face meetings just to sort of come back and, and um, you know, get regain that feeling of um, fulfillment and, and readiness to continue on. Yeah, I know. I, I've heard a lot of people say it's uh, – in their AA experience, it's really creepy after they leave and people come up to them and the first thing is, I haven't seen you at meetings lately. It's like, you must be drinking yourself it's silly now because you're not going to meetings anymore. Ah, yeah, interesting. No, no, actually, I think that, um, of course, you know, everybody's cautious if they meet somebody in public, but if that happened with smart participants that, you know, met up with each other, they would probably be doing more of a high five, like, way to go. You know, you you stand well, everything good. You, you, so, you know, it wouldn't be like, where have you been? <laughs> it would be more of a celebration and, and um, you know, it, encouraging the other to continue um, with their living a balanced life. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I expect the same thing. When people move on, I expect them to be doing well. And I expect, um, you know, generally if people run into some stumbling blocks, uh, they don't have to crash all the way down to the bottom. As soon as there's a little bit of, uh, you know, stumbling around in their life, they're back right away and say, okay, I need to tune up. Absolutely. And, and you know, I mean, there, I don't think there is a program that is relapse-free, so to speak. So um, as people are going through smart recovery, if they have a slip or a relapse, we encourage them to look at that and to examine that. You know, what were they telling themselves? What what occurred before they decided to uh, drink or use or do whatever the behavior was? Um, and usually, if they really take a good hard look at that, they can see where they perhaps gave themselves permission or maybe were even setting themselves up to some extent to to uh, allow that to occur. But then, you know, we also don't say, all right, now, you know, you got to go back to where you were. Uh, you know, six months ago when you'd been sober for six months, it's like, you know, we don't necessarily require people to count time. Um, mm-hmm. we, we require people to self-manage and, and feel comfortable with wherever they are. So if, if you had been doing well for seven months and had a drink or two one night or, you know, had a slip or relapse, uh, you know, pick yourself up, brush yourself off, uh, move forward, and don't feel like everything you did for the last seven months was for naught because really... You, you can learn from what just happened and uh, move forward with that. Yeah, I'm not much on counting time either. I was talking to somebody the other day, and you know, I said, you know, I can remember the date that I quit smoking. I can remember the month and the day, October 20th. I can't remember what year it was. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly, yeah. But you know what? To some people, that's helpful, you know, to, like, maintain mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, little mm-hmm. clock. And um, actually, it's funny. We have on our message boards, we have this quit smoking thread. And, and somebody found this, um, this like, little time clock that will tell you, like, how many seconds you've been quit, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. not just how many days or years or whatever. Um, so, you know what, we, we're sort of inclined to say, you know, if it helps you to track and, and remind yourself of how long you've been free of the addictive behavior, then track it. Um, and if, if that's not helpful, it's not helpful. But we don't, as an organization, like we don't recognize um, those milestones aside from applauding everybody who comes and is having any sort of uh, small victories with, with what they're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is small victories. That's what you're gonna. Yep. What people are gonna achieve at first. Yep, absolutely. And then they build. Yep, yep, for sure. Uh, tell me about the smart toolbox. What are some of the tools that people use to carry out, like the four-point program for motivation or change, and the other point? Yep. All right. So if you came to a meeting and it was clear that you weren't. Um, you weren't sure about your level of motivation, like you're just thinking about changing or you recognize that things are not well or perhaps your um, spouse has sort of set an ultimatum or something and you come to a meeting, um, then our, our meeting attendees would help you through a, a couple of potential tools, uh, including a change plan worksheet. Uh, we do a cost-benefit analysis, which is really beautiful. You know, we actually review the what you perceive as the benefits of drinking or using and the costs of drinking or using. And some may say, well, isn't that a little crazy to, like, be thinking about the benefits? <laughs> but no, I mean, it, people wouldn't be drinking or using if they didn't see some benefit. I mean, and that could be anything from, like, it's a social lubricant to um, helps me deal with my stress or, you know, there's all sorts of things that can go in that plus con column and then you know there's all sorts of minuses and then we look at long term and short term and it becomes pretty evident pretty quickly in a cost benefit analysis that generally speaking the things that are you see as beneficial are really um, short term Mm -hmm. they're pretty short lived whereas the cost you know like health or legal issues or these other things can be really quite long term. So so we got the change plan worksheet, we've got a cost benefit analysis. We use something called the hierarchy of values, which is a really beautiful tool. We ask people to consider like the top four or five things that have meaning to you in life. What are your core values? Um, and it's really interesting because people will generally list, you know, oh family, job, health, faith, you know, some other things. And then when they're done you say, okay, so where does the drinking or the drugs fit in here? And so it doesn't come to mind as like a, a one of the highest priorities or values in life. But then when you look at everything on your list, those, your drinking or drugging often has such an impact on your family, your job, your health, and so forth. So um, that hierarchy of values can be really amazing. And then we have... Um, Smart Recovery actually uses um, cognitive behavioral therapy, rational emotive behavioral therapy, and motivational enhancement techniques. So there is this thing called rational emotive behavior therapy uh, that was developed by Dr. Albert Ellis. And we use the ABCs of REBT to help people with urge coping. Um, So if they get an urge, 
we use uh, we can help them through an ABC and and hopefully those things will become sort of second nature when urges hit. Uh, keeping an urge log can be immensely helpful. Like, okay, let's see. And I can tell you when I first quit smoking. Oh, I mean, that urge log page was full <laughs> because, you know, you get up in the morning, you have your cup of coffee. Oh, where's my cigarette? <laughs> um, you, you're typing away and you can't think of a word, so, oh, I'd get up and have a cigarette. Oh, dang, I can't, you know. But the thing to learn is that urges actually won't kill you, and over time they will begin to dissipate. Um, and that's really hard to remember at first when everything is sort of, um, you know, these urges are sort of coming at you. But So we've got the, the ABCs of REBT for urge coping. We've got urge logs. Um, then we also use ABCs for emotional upsets because oftentimes if you have an emotional upset, that can be a real uh, trigger to think, okay, well, you know, I deserve a drink. This is this disaster has just happened in my life or whatever. So ABCs for emotional upsets. Um, we have a tool called Disarm, which is short for Destructive Images, Self-Talk, Awareness, and Refusal Method. Mm -hmm. And that idea is, okay, so you will often, as you're progressing in life, you'll have these thoughts come into your head that are like, um, oh, hey, you know, oh, gosh, Sherry, if you just had one cigarette today, everything would be a lot better. <laughs> um, so then recognizing those thoughts and, quote, unquote, disarming them, and uh, thinking about moving forward into more healthy thoughts uh, is one of the, the tools we use. We do a lot of brainstorming in smart recovery meetings. Um, smart recovery meetings are designed to be highly interactive and, and really, truly mutual support. So if the facilitator is doing an exceptional job, outside of perhaps um, you know, keeping track of time for sure on the agenda, and um, perhaps recommending a tool when somebody needs it. Outside of that, really, all of the brainstorming and discussions are hopefully happening amongst the individuals in the meeting who are sharing their experiences and the tools with one another. So brainstorming is huge. Um, we encourage role playing and rehearsing. Um, example being, you know, when people are somewhat early on in recovery, sometimes you have a, a family event, like a wedding or something. I mean, you can't simply say, sorry, I'm not going. Mm -hmm. um, you, you need to be there. So we will actually, in, in meetings, um, have rehearsals. Like you're, you're going to be yourself at the um, reception, the wedding reception, and somebody will be the waiter coming by with a tray of champagne. And you practice how you're going to say no so that you don't get that, like, deer cotton headlights. Um, somebody else might come be there and, and be your old friend that used to, you always used to drink or use with who's slapping you on the back saying, hey, you know, let's head over and have a, um, another round or whatever. So it, that, that role-playing and rehearsing can really be highly helpful. So, and then, you know, we've got like a lot of unconditional self-acceptance concepts and uh, unconditional other acceptance because sometimes we have to... Um, go beyond ourselves and accept others so that they don't throw us into emotional distress or urges and so forth. So those are just some of the tools that you would encounter at a smart recovery meeting. Okay, you mentioned the ABC, and let's talk about that a little bit more because A and B and C, all those letters stand for something. So tell me what they stand for. They and do how, indeed. How would you do an ABC? So. All right, so so the A 
is for the activating event. The B is for your belief about that event. And the C is the consequences. Now, it actually goes beyond A, B, and C because then we go to D and you dispute the irrational beliefs because oftentimes our beliefs about a situation are not true, but, but they seem and appear fully true to us when, when um, we're in the midst of, of the event. So, and, and that, so then you dispute and then you come up with the E, which is an effective new belief or an effective new way forward. So let me see if I can just sort of quickly do this or do one for you. And, and this might not be perfect. You should all, anybody who's listening who's interested should go to a smart recovery meeting because your facilitator will likely do this better. <laughs> um, but let's say the activating event is um, my boss yelled at me today in front of all of my colleagues. Um, so then the consequence is I was embarrassed, I was uh, disturbed, I, I was just angry, I was, you know, all those other things that would happen if your boss actually called you out in front of your um, other employees. And so then you look at your beliefs. So what are my beliefs? And one might be, oh my God, my boss had no right to do that to me. Um, my boss is just an idiot. Um, life shouldn't be so unfair to me. I, those kinds of things that would automatically come into your head that everything is like, you know, unfair or he shouldn't treat me that way or she shouldn't treat me that way. So then you would get to the D, which is disputing the irrational beliefs. Um, you know, you can't necessarily control your boss, um, and, and the consequences that you originally had were like maybe anger and embarrassment and so forth. But if you start to dispute those beliefs and say, you know, who said my boss can't yell at me? Who said the world is always fair? Um, and, and just sort of taking a, a good hard look at some of those beliefs that you might have had that... Um, got you so angry and embarrassed and so forth. And then you could move on to an effective new belief, which might be something along the lines of, you know, I really wish my boss had not done that to me. Um, you know, my colleagues, I felt really embarrassed, but really I know my colleagues and, you know, they were really more embarrassed for him than for me. Or So I don't. are you sort of following that, Ken? Mm -hmm, Does that make mm -hmm. kind of sense? Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so we can do that also then for urges. Um, so, you know, so my boss yelled at me. The consequence might be I stopped at the bar on my way home mm -hmm. because, and then the belief was, well, I deserve to drink. Um, mm -hmm. This guy, this guy was being an absolute butthead, and um, you know, I shouldn't have to put up with that. So then, you know, again, disputing, you know, why did I deserve a drink? Well, you know, worse things have happened in life, and. Um, I didn't. I, I could have thought of other more healthy ways to have dealt with with this uh, boss's behavior, kind of thing. So, so that's what the ABCs are. And and one other thing I just want to mention. Well, first of all, was that ABC like sort of clear enough to give you a little clue what an ABC is? Yeah, I'm just going to mention one more thing um, okay. because uh, the ABC model, the Ellis model. It's, it's a departure from the traditional behaviorist Skinner model. Uh, the, the traditional behaviorist model said you have the, the stimulus, the activating event, and the response, the consequence, and there was nothing in between. 
So it would be boss yelled at me, the stimulus, uh, get drunk response. And, you know, the thing that Ellis did was put say, you know, there are beliefs in between that intermediate. Yeah. And you can change the beliefs. You change the beliefs, you change the response. Yeah, and you need to examine the beliefs. And the beliefs seem so real. I mean, they seem, you know, it, it, it's so amazing because these ABCs and actually the CB, so many of our tools, they're really wonderful for recovery, but they're really life skills as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're traveling down the freeway and the activating event is somebody cuts you off. So the consequence is oftentimes like, oh, my God, I'm, you, you know, you idiot. I, you know, you're... <laughs> I'm so angry at you. And, of course, you look at road rage. I mean, that actually happens. And then the belief is always somehow that this guy purposefully decided to cut me off. And actually, I mean, it's happened to me before where I've looked in my side view or rear view mirror and haven't seen somebody and have come close to, you know, causing an accident. So we don't always have to believe that everybody is uh, the idiot or whatever. I could change that belief to, well, you know what, that person may have a lot on their mind. They may not be um, thinking as clearly as they could or should as they're driving down the road. But, you know, I don't really think they purposely cut me off. So if you start to do ABCs, you really can sort of bring them over into all aspects of your life. Um, you know, and, and again, oftentimes it really helps to deal with emotional upsets um, in addition to urges. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we also mentioned the CBA, the cost-benefit analysis, uh, which is sometimes called the decisional balance sheet. So it's the same thing, just two different names for the same thing. And you know, they did some tests because in uh, traditional rehab, they will have you make these lists of everything that is bad about your drinking or your drug use and everything that is good about recovery, and they tested the effectiveness of that and found it was totally ineffective. That's interesting because you said they were they were trying to determine what's good about recovery as opposed to what's good about the using you know, the drinking or using or doing whatever the behavior is. So I think that might be a little different um, um, yeah, well, it's it's very different because uh, well, the cost benefit analysis has it's a four way matrix. What's yeah. good? What's good about drinking? What's bad about drinking? What's good about not drinking? What's bad about not drinking? Right, right. Yeah. So instead, they just did a they did the in traditional re- rehabs they do the just the two way. Okay. Uh, we know drinking is really bad, so list everything that's really bad about drinking. We know recovery is really good. Quitting is really good. So tell me everything that's good about quitting. Yeah, what is what is actually going on? I mean, of course, they found it's ineffective. They found that the four way uh, is is effective, and the, what it is is you know all the good things about drinking they will go into your subconscious and be repressed, and you know they will pop out at the worst times because you're just repressing them instead of recognizing them and dealing with them. But if you're aware, okay, oh, I I like to drink to relax. Well, there are other ways to relax. You know that's what you use alcohol for. You're conscious of it, and you can be aware that there are other things to do. And you're also aware that when you're not drinking, sometimes it's going to be really shitty to not be drinking. (laughs) You will be prepared. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you won't be caught by surprise. Wait a minute. It's supposed to be wonderful because I'm not drinking and life sucks right now. 
Right, exactly. And, you know, we always encourage people, too, to carry that CBA around with you. And and it might change over time, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So update it as, as need be. But really, you know, again, a, a cost-benefit analysis could be used for so many things in life. You know, if you were contemplating a... Um, a new job in a new city and a move. I mean, you could you could do that same cost benefit analysis. And if you mm-hmm. if you become familiar with some of these tools, um, it, when you're going through the recovery process, um, they can come back and be helpful in other areas of life as well. Oh yes, you can. Actually, the CBA was originally developed for uh, career choices. That was the yeah. that was what it was first developed for. But you can use it for any change you want to make. Do you want to be a moderate drinker instead of a full out drinker? You can yep. compare those two goals. Uh, you can compare any goals. Absolutely, absolutely. Now we talked about the CBA, the ABC. Uh, you also said there are cognitive behavioral tools that you have. Well, each of the, uh, the the tools I ran through are actually, you know, they're they're um, based on CBT, REBT, and some motivational enhancement techniques too. Um, we train all of our facilitators. Anybody who is uh, facilitating a smart recovery meeting has gone through um, a rather extensive training program. We call it our fast distance training program. Um, so you would actually participate in. Uh, and online, it's it's available via the Moodle learning system, um, and and it's it takes about oh, it, it, we host them monthly, but it takes about five or six weeks to go through the whole program. So you you will be using a whole variety. You'll be using all of our reading materials and video materials, um, and studying the the tools and some communication techniques. Um, you know, effective ways to communicate and listening skills, you know, some of those motivational enhancement kinds of concepts. Um, So all of our facilitators have gone through a a very extensive uh, training program. Um, And again, not to make them experts, we we don't provide therapy, but we we want people to be familiar with our facilitators to be, you know, highly familiar with the tools and um, those listening skills and some leadership skills so that when they get to a meeting, they can literally facilitate, initially teach people tools, and then sort of turn things over um, to the group for discussion and, and moving forward. So um, those CBT, REBT, and motivational enhancement techniques are all covered in our uh, fast distance training. And so anybody who wants to facilitate a meeting has to go through our training, as do our online volunteers. Um, we have a really amazing online community. Um, we have a very active message boards, like a lot of forums and, and areas of discussion. We have daily online meetings. We have currently have 30 online meetings per week. Uh, and then we have a 24-7 chat room. So if you were um, encountering an issue and you really felt, you know, because Smart Recovery, we have, we're nearing 1,000 meetings worldwide, but there's not always going to be a meeting in your community every night of the week, unlike AA, which is often, you know, you, you would have perhaps several meetings a day that you could attend. Um, with SMART, we have the uh, the 24-7 chat room and our message boards are always available. We have a lot of international folks involved in our online community. So truly, pretty much any time you wander by, um, there would be somebody helpful there to, to uh, assist you. And all of our online volunteers are also required to take our, our training as well. Now, we were talking about the four-point program, and uh, walk me through the four points again. 
Okay. Point one is uh, building and maintaining motivation. Point two is coping with urges. Point three is managing your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And point four is living a balanced life. Okay. I think we kind of covered the first three quite a bit. I don't think we talked about number four too much yet. No, actually, that's a good point. Um, yeah, so, so you know, it, it's amazing how much time people can spend um, on their addictive behaviors, you know, whether it's smoking, drinking, drugging, gambling, um, sexual issues, et cetera. You can, you can be spending a tremendous amount of time. So as you are going through the recovery process, you need to find things that are going to replace the time you spent with unhealthy behaviors and find more helpful and, um, at the same point in time, rewarding behaviors. So we encourage things like um, vital, absorbing, creative interests. And we've had a lot of people who, you know, prior to really getting deeply involved with um, their, their problem behaviors, enjoyed things like, you know, music or art and so forth. All those things got set aside. Um, you know, family life got set aside. There were so many things that just got pushed to the side, and the full focus ended up being that um, drinking, drugging, or other problem behavior. So we help people to sort of begin to contemplate what healthy things can replace the the sometimes massive amount of time that, that was spent on those other behaviors um, and, and get them sort of into using them and, and uh, finding the rewards that they used to get from those areas prior to um, becoming sort of unbalanced. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. And, uh, well, I think we've covered quite a bit of the SMART program. Um, what would you like to leave us with this evening? Oh, gosh, I could go on and on. But I do <laughs> want to mention that we have this wonderful um, we have a family and friends program which up until two years ago we didn't have. And so, you know, people would call in and say, oh, I've got this loved one who has a really huge issue. And we would be like, oh, you know, well, maybe try to leave some information about SMART. But now we have a really amazing family and friends program. Um, it's available. We have um, two online meetings a week specifically to support family and friends. And that program is a combination of family and friends using some of these SMART tools as well as some craft um, community reinforcement and family training um, concepts, uh, which is a whole area developed by Dr. Robert Myers. Um, so the, the concept is to get the, the family member to a point where they are more effectively communicating with their loved one um, and, and dealing with their own personal well-being because sometimes people can just get so involved with a loved one um, you know, behavioral issues that you, you you quit caring for self and so forth. So we have a really, truly fabulous family and friends program. And by the way, that was featured in a Dear Abby column two weeks ago. Um, Dear Abby mentioned not only Al-Anon, but Smart Recovery Family and Friends. So that was a huge um, you know, way forward for Smart Recovery. So um, we also have recently started online a teen and youth um, outreach hasn't quite taken off, quite honestly, as, as much as quickly as we hoped. But I have spoken with a lot of um, teens and youth over the over 
for 19 years, and they really love the idea of um, you know self empowerment versus powerless and mm-hmm. not having to be in recovery for a lifetime. That really seems to like grab them. So we've got a wonderful teen and youth program. We have a really big outreach going toward um, the courts and and trying to get not just Smart Recovery, but other organizations recognized and, and provided as um, a recovery mutual support choices. Um, because, again, you know, there, AA is a wonderful program. SMART is a wonderful program. Women for Sobriety is great. Um, Lifering is wonderful. None of these programs are going to be the end-all to everybody. So we need the, this variety and this choice in recovery. And um, we want people to be aware of their recovery options and then to, you know, pick the one or the combination of ones that are going to work best for them. So, um, oh, my gosh. And then we we have um, a number of special events and webinars that we host that folks can find out about on our website. Um, we have a lot of publications. We just did our third edition of the Smart Recovery Handbook, and it's really getting outstanding reviews. Uh, we have a free newsletter available that's done quarterly with all sorts of um, interesting information about the organization and then really some inspirational stories from people who have gone through the program. Uh, we have a family and friends handbook. Um, we've got some other books that you could find in our bookstore. Um, so, I mean, and again, I could go on and on, but we've got, you can find our meeting outline on our website and our website is www smartrecovery.org and I encourage anybody who's interested and um, feels that they might benefit from the program to look at our online community, go to our our list of local meetings um, which are expanding throughout the world. I think I mentioned earlier we are coming very close to having a thousand meetings worldwide. We have our 30 uh, meetings uh, weekly online so the organization continues to grow. We only grow as quickly as we have volunteers who are willing to um, donate their time to train and, and reach out and help others. So, you know, we, we highly encourage anybody who has come through the program to um, consider doing so. And that is one – am I going on too long here, Ken? Do you still Go ahead. Okay, all right. That is one other thing that is sort of unusual about Smart Recovery because we have what I love to think of as sort of a trifecta of volunteers. Um, We have a number of peers who have gone through the Smart Recovery program who stay on to help others. We also utilize professionals. There are a variety of treatment professionals who sort of exchange their um, professional hat for a Smart Recovery hat to just facilitate meetings and, and share tools. And then we also have some um, non-peers and non-professionals who um, are helping to start meetings in communities. Those would include, um, in a couple of cases, mothers who have had um, children or loved ones who have gone through the program um, and who believe that their community needs a choice in recovery. Um, My husband is a good example of that because he sort of by osmosis learned about SMART and I always lamented that I couldn't really do commit to a, a weekly meeting because I have a lot of online meetings at night and committee meetings and so forth. So four years ago he trained and he um, has started a local community meeting. So we have that, that combination of volunteers that are peers, professionals, and then non-peer, non-professional. So, um, and really the organization is... Um, if it wasn't for our volunteers, we would have ceased to exist long ago. It's really volunteer-driven, and um, 
and organized by an uh, immense and amazing number of volunteers. So, okay, now I'll be quiet. Anything else? <laughs> well, there's a <laughs> sorry. Yeah, there's a lot of good material on the Smart website that people can utilize. Um, whether their goal is to quit alcohol completely. Um, I always tell people when I put together the HAMS program, I stole all, all kinds of things from SMART because I only steal from the best. Um, so we took a, 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 we adopted quite a few things, and I tell people, you know, if you want to go in more depth on some of these, there's more info on the SMART site. So, you know, go look at it. They put it out there. It's free. Excellent. And you know what? I try very hard to collaborate, too, with them some of the other organizations as well, and I need to do a little better job of including you in that because, um, you know, again, I mean, people need to know all of their options and then to choose the one that is going to be the one or the combination that's going to be best for them. So I think that's probably a really good, um, perhaps a great note to end on. Oh, yeah, I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and I appreciate the collaboration. I appreciate, you know, Smart lists us on their website. We were just so proud to get that link <laughs> from Smart to Hams. Um, Great. But um, well, we should finish up the show for the evening. So I want to thank you very much for being our guest this evening, Sherry Elwood. And it was truly my pleasure. And, and thank you so much. And again, anybody who who wants a little more information, feel free to check out the website. Contact our central office. Send me an email. We'll be delighted to um, share any any more that uh, or answer any questions that you have. And everybody, come back next week, and we will be have another guest and another show.